it, it, it's a little embarrassing to say I love that scene, but it's like that's my aspiration. Mm-hmm. I want to be that guy. Yeah. That that has um, been through it, and and has been rightfully placed wherever I need to be, mm-hmm. and with all the breadth and and, and depth that that God has put in me for the benefit of others. Mm-hmm. I just. I am the crier in the group. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on The Kindling Fire, I have the privilege of sitting down with two very special men, and uh, it's Pastor Love and SJ. What's up, man? Good to be back, Troy. (laughs) I've had both of them on the podcast before, and just to clarify a little bit better, this is actually Greg sailed the Seven Seas Sailors, and Scott, not to be confused with Bruce Jennings. That's right. That's right. <laughs> not what? Not wearing makeup today. Yeah. <laughs> no. So guys, uh, so we have uh, we've uh, had them on the uh, Greg. You're on the Love Podcast, and yeah. uh, and then you uh, brought you and your wife on and said our divorce just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Podcast or in the early days of the show. So we are going to be talking about a really uh, exciting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, you really. Uh, kind of came up with this. Um, you got me very excited about it, and then you're like, "Yeah, I have no time for to do that for like three months." And so I've been like excited to do this show for uh, three months. And yeah. so, Greg, why don't you share a little bit about sort of your heart behind sort of the, the idea for the show today? Well, Troy, I love story, and I think we all do. We all resonate with story. And I read a quote by Maya Angelou that said, "There's no greater agony." than bearing an untold story inside of you. And I think that's very true. And I was also listening to an interview of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and just hearing their hearts and their community that they had there uh, and the stories, the great, amazing, uh, life-changing stories that came out through the Chronicles of Narnia and, of of course, all the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits and Middle Earth and everything that Tolkien came up with. And it just resonated with my heart that story means something. It means something deeply to my heart, and I know it does to others. And to talk about the idea of story and the power of story within our own lives and, and then really the stories that we see or we read or we hear about, and, and what that means. And I think our listeners here uh, would really love to hear some of those stories. Yeah, uh, the quote you talked about where it says, an un- say that Angelo quote again. Sure. Uh, There's no greater agony, right, agony, than bearing an untold story inside of you. So I think my heart for this show and our conversation is there's a lot of people in agony. 
and they don't recognize it until they're confronted with a story that represents the agony that they feel. Mm -hmm. They're not able to articulate it, they're not able, able to even recognize it, and then they'll stumble into a situation, they'll be sitting in a play, or they'll be reading a book, and then all of a sudden overwhelmed with agony mm -hmm. or emotion. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what is this all about? I must be having a mental breakdown or something, right? And and I think that when you were talking about, you know, stories so important to us, I think it's important to God. And yeah. I think it's one of the ways that he tries to communicate to our heart mm -hmm. yeah. instead of always talking to our head, which kind of, you know, kills the most vital part of us who we are, which is at a heart level. So, so I'm going to say a quote. I'm going to throw it over to uh, Mr. Jennings over here. Uh, so the quote is, uh, stories help us interpret our story. Mm -hmm. and, and you were sharing about uh, a movie that really deeply impacted you. Why don't you share that? Yeah, um, yeah, Troy. I mean, I, when I think about this movie, I think about um, how I've, I've run into so many different men that have been impacted by the movie Field of Dreams. And it's sort of like a guy movie, you know? I mean, um, I, I ask guys about it, you know, uh, hey, oh man, Field of Dreams was on the on the TV. I was flipping through the channels or whatever, and there it was, and, I, and they're, oh yeah, oh man, I love that movie, is inevitably the response. I remember um, the first time I watched it, uh, you know, the the movie's good. I'm a, I'm a fan of James Earl Jones. I'm a fan of Kevin Costner. Um, and, and it's a great story. At the end of the movie, uh, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen this 30-year-old movie or however old it is now, but um, he's, he's actually gets to play on his baseball field that he's built in, in his cornfield, uh, Ray Kinsella does. He's built this baseball field and these players from times gone by come and play as their youthful selves. and. Um, the whole point of the movie is that his dad has an opportunity to come and, and enjoy that field as a young man. And so Ray recognizes him as his dad, but almost misses it, almost misses him because he doesn't really recognize him in his youthful demeanor and appearance. So Ray goes out onto the field and, and they interact a little bit and uh, um, Ray says, he doesn't call him by his name, John. He says, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? And the character, young John, turns around and says, sure. And so they, they have a, a catch. And that, that scene undid me many times before I really recognized what it was all about. And, I, and um, my dad was uh, physically disabled. Um, he was... Uh, uh, contracted polio when he was probably six or seven years old and so walked on crutches most of his life and then for most of my life because uh, I was born when he was pretty far along he was 42 years old which was pretty old to have a child in 1970 and so um, there wasn't a lot of running and playing ball or anything like that because he was in a wheelchair well there's this one time uh, we were cleaning the garage as I was often, I would help him with chores around the house because he couldn't do a lot of that kind of stuff. And I was cleaning up behind something and I found this this ball uh, behind a, a shelf or something. And I just, without thinking, picked it up and turned around and threw it at him. Threw it to him. 
not, not as much at him, but more, <laughs> more to him. And, uh, and he caught it and threw it back, and, and we stood in the garage and threw that ball back and forth for, you know, probably four or five minutes. And that's the only time my dad and I ever played catch. And, and I used to regret that, and I used to lament it, and I used to, uh, you know, almost feel like a victim, you know, like I never got to play catch with my dad, that kind of thing. And, uh, and I remember watching that movie one time when I was older, just a, just a few years ago, and God redeeming that one time I got to play catch with my dad, because that's the same thing that happened to Ray right there, is he got to have that one time with his dad to have a catch. And so that movie in that scene really redeemed a, a moment in my own personal life for me. Uh, I looked at that as a, as a gift. You know, I had that one opportunity to play catch with my dad. Yeah. And it's really, it, man, that just... It's powerful. It, it touches so much as a son. You want that attention. You want that focus. You want that love. And, time. And, the time. Time. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and, but yet we as sons now have God our Father mm-hmm. who has that time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. just that's a that's a good one yeah thank you man yeah man yeah all right pass the love yeah so <laughs> yeah chef love G love pick your pick your love every time I hear that is because Greg's you know, uh, Troy's calling him love because his middle name is love. Right. I'm sure you don't mind me sharing that. Sure. But every time I hear somebody call him Pastor Love, I hear, I think about Dr. Love. Oh, yeah. That 80s poison song. <laughs> I think it was poison, right? <laughs> <laughs> they call me Pastor Love. Uh, I'm sure my brother knows that. He's, he's going <laughs> to hear that. That might be a kiss song. Oh, kiss, kiss. That's right. Yeah, you yeah, call yeah. me Dr. Love. <laughs> call me Dr. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did that story impact you, Troy? <laughs> I was a huge Kiss fan. Oh, man. Have you, have you ever painted yourself up? Uh, no, but I... Uh-huh. You had platforms. I did. saw them, yeah. though. I saw them in concert on the Dynasty Tour. But Pastor Love. Yes. Yeah. I digress. Oh, man. Um, love Tolkien's books. Back to that. In the movies and Hobbit. and So excited the, that uh, Amazon just spent lots and lots of money to purchase the rights to do a live action uh, Lord of the Rings film. Wow. Uh, not film, but series, you know, so that's really big. Love that universe and grew up reading that, um, watching those movies. And particularly, there's a scene, if you remember, where Elrond, who is, remember, he's the master of Rivendell, right? And he is has a daughter, and uh, her name is Arwen, and Aragorn is in love with Arwen. Um, and Aragorn has an amazing birthright. All right, uh, he's a Dunedain, uh, and then he is becoming and is the rightful heir to the King of Gondor. And the the throne of Gondor is kingless and has been kingless for years. And so, it's time, really decades, and it's time for him to rise up and truly be that man that God's designed him to be um, in this story. And so Elrond. If you read the books, you find out he was kind of a surrogate, adoptive father of Aragorn because his father made some bad mistakes and and, and passed away before he was born. Um, and so he lived with the elves, and he learned all their lore, you know, folklore and stories. 
and became very learned in that. And in this particular scene, if you remember in the in the movie, they're preparing for battle, and um, there's this mythic sword um, that has been broken, and it's called the Shards of Narsal. And uh, so the sword, that sword that was broken, there's a saying: the sword that was broken must be remade and uh, be reforged and so now that it's time for Aragorn to rise up and to be that man it's remade by his fatherly figure and he brings it to him and uh, he brings it to him kind of in secret and he says Arwen's dying she's now tied to the fate of the ring and if if she's going to live if your love is going to live there's a lot at stake and you have got to win this battle and as a token of that, in my belief in you, here's the sword. I want you to take this sword for you can be the man that God designed you to be. And so that was so powerful for me to see that scene. And so many stories out of my life have been over and over about God coming for me, saying, Greg, take my hand. I want you to be the man that I've designed you to be. I want you to get through this particular battle or this particular trial and when this one I saw it the very first time it's like USJ you know you you think about a story that that part you know really rests on your heart and and lots of times it's just you know for me it really hits me as emotion so I get emotional about thinking about that happening to me and how I wish that would happen to me um, and for me it didn't happen because my dad passed away when I was very young um, and so I had some of those affirmations from him, but I never had the passing of the torch, if you will. And so that's really what came up for me as God saying, you know, now take my hand. I am your father. I am your true father. And that's when this thing really came up with this idea of, you know, we all need to pass our fathering on to the heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And he came after my heart that day. Um, in the theater all those years ago when that movie came out. Um, remember reading it in the book before that when I was just a boy. So it was like, and, and what the cool thing is, guys, is I read that book with my father before he passed away. Wow. And so fast forward, right, wow. to seeing the movie, and it's just the tears, the yes, dad's gone, let's honor him, let's love him, but now it's time to move on to the Heavenly Father as my true father. And, and the thing that I just didn't, it's just uh, coming to mind so much is the Lord provided that story for you as a bridge. Mm-hmm. He did. Because if you read that story with your dad and then later on it becomes something that the Lord communicates his fatherliness to you, it was like a bridge the Lord was setting up in your life. Yes, it, and it's been a, a bridge ever since then that he's used to help me um, to continue in what area, I mean, in this area or that, to be that man God's designed me to be. And I really draw from that yeah. strength. So that story has its power and it continues to go in other parts of my life. That's, so, that's, the thing I love about that scene too, Greg, uh, and, and I think it's that scene, the, the thing that Elrond says to Aragorn as he presents him with the sword, it's time to put aside the ranger. Mm-hmm. He does, exactly. It's time to put aside the identity that you have had to try to get by under your own power and step into your real, true identity and authority. Yes. And here it is. Yes, and he also... Because, yeah. He also goes through his lineage in the book. It's not as much in the movie, but in the book, you are son of 
and then son of them and son mm-hmm. of them, you know, and so it's really powerful. You know, I stand on my father's shoulders. He was a good man. He stands on his father's shoulders. And for the men that don't have good fathers, they're still, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? They're, they're still qualities and goodness that were in your father that are now able and uh, accessible for you to stand upon. Yeah, and, I, and I'll just say that real quick to that because I've learned this as, as growing up is that uh, you want to bless that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to curse it. I agree with that. You bless it. You say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for these traits. Mm-hmm. And, and, and instead of it being like, oh, it wasn't what I wanted or what, it, what I needed, um, that in a, for anybody that's listening, if that's your space, you want to move to a place where you recognize the hand of God and you bless what, has, what good has been passed down. Yeah, that's and right. That's a, it's a good, that is a good. So, all right, I'm going to tell my movie. It's a Martin Scorsese movie. And uh, it's, he, he made a movie for kids, and it's mm-hmm. called Hugo. And it's, a, and it's based on a book, and it's about this um, child that has a really good relationship with his father. And his father uh, is uh, kind of a creator uh, with mechanical things, and, and his father is taken from him at a young age, and then he's handed over to his uncle, who's a drunk. And his, his uncle says, oh, just come to me and we'll run the clocks at the Paris train station. Well, he end up, ends up dead at the bottom of a river, drunk, uh, probably fell in or whatever, and then he's orphaned. And he continues to run these clocks unbeknownst to anybody in this train station. And he was given a gift by his father of this onometri- uh Automaton. Automaton, thank you. Mm. And um, and so and he's and he's constantly trying to sort of fix it because it's broken. And I mean it's a powerful movie, but there's one scene in the movie that just undoes me every single time. Um, it's a basically a scene where where uh, there's there's someone that is constantly after him, and he and, it, and he's it's sort of the the Jean Valjean of the story, yeah. right? If you know Les Miserables, and he's like, "You are nothing but a thief," All right? That's the identity they want to put on him. You're nothing but a thief. You're deceitful. You're 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 conniving, and and he wants to put him in jail and throw him into the orphanage. And so, there's a man that befriends him, and eventually starts. He starts to see this really unique trait of this boy, and. It, Fast forwards all the way through the end of the story to where it looks like there's there's hope on the horizon for this boy, and he and he grabs uh, this uh, uh, tom, I'm sorry how do you automaton say it? automaton and and he's running to to deliver it to this this surrogate father, and he's stopped by the police, who says I finally have you, and he said, you are going to jail, and and he looks at the policeman and he says, I have to go to my, this father and deliver this gift. And, and he goes, who is your father? So you are nothing but an orphan. And, and, the, fa- and, the, and the scene basically ends with, with um, the surrogate father showing up on the scene and basically turns to him and says, he's mine. Mm-hmm. And that scene hits me every single time. Yeah every time because it's the Lord speaking to my heart saying nobody understood you yeah. and, and nobody and you, you had talents but you were orphaned in your spirit and, 
and, and, and very judged about who you were and what you were, and, and, but I, your Father, see, and I picked you. And my salvation was not me saying, yes, Lord. It was a dramatic event where God invaded my life unasked. And I said, and he, and he rescued me without me even knowing I needed to be rescued. And so when that scene hits wow. me, it's, it's him saying, he's mine, hands off. Yeah. He doesn't belong to you anymore. He belongs to me. Uh -huh. And I was too crying about it. <laughs> That's good, brother. That's so good, man. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't cry when I talked about Field of Dreams, but when I see it, I cry every time, man. I cry every time. So, yeah. so anyway, so that unlocks something in me. It's like yeah. the Lord just ministering such a deep truth to me. Yeah. Yeah, you said something a little while ago, Troy, that I think the people who are listening, it's really important for them to hear it and, and uh, expound upon it as I bring it up. You know, you said that as we're, as we're watching film, or even a television series, or reading a book, or whatever media it might be, when when we get emotional about something, whether it's tears, or it's anger, or it's passion, or it's whatever emotion it might be, that's God plucking a string in your heart. And he'll, he'll bring these kind of things across your plate, he'll bring these things to your life, and he'll pluck that string over and over and over again until the day where you say, okay, what the heck is that all about, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then he's, I'm so glad you asked. Let me take you into that. Yeah, and, and that's really my heart for this show is to kind of open this doorway to people that people don't, they're not recognizing God reaching out to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and so many people, they, they believe, well, again, you know, God doesn't speak to me. Yeah. It's like, he has been reaching out to you yeah. You just don't recognize it. Right. Think about Scripture, of course. I mean, you guys have all heard of parables in Scripture and how Jesus did this, and how did he do it? He told story, yeah. right? It was always about story. Uh, we've all been to the Heart of a Warrior, which is a mm -hmm. ministry retreat for men that we do at Zoe. Um, and one of the things we do there, like these film clips that we're talking about, we show them at the weekend. Yeah. And when guys come away from that, they can't look at movies or books or story differently now. They, or they, rather, they do look at story differently now, not for the face value of entertainment or adventure, right? It's like the redemptive nature of what uh, those things are all about. Yeah, what God is communicating. And, and well, I, I failed to mention you guys are both working with Zoe uh, Ministries and, and that Heart of a Worry weekend. They do that so well because they'll handle something that's a heart truth from scripture that God's trying to communicate and they'll say let me show you an example yeah let me show you another example yeah let me tell you a parable about it and, and what yeah. happens in that room mm -hmm. yeah oh, it's awakening it's bated I mean, breath I mean you know. I mean it is mm -hmm. it is electric if it's not weeping it's 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 mm -hmm. kind of a stunned because they all of a sudden the veils pulled back and mm -hmm. said do you see this truth in scripture all around you. Mm -hmm. Here's an example. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of there are universal things that God is is that is placed in story that are in the gospel that are communicating and, and people are just they don't see it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just I don't want our listeners here to, to miss out on it, Troy. 
your listeners are, are super smart folk, I know, and, and as they begin to think about their own story and, and they place it in the stories that they love, they'll be able to unlock more of like what we like to say at Zoe, of who they are and where they are and the good that God's up to in their lives. Yeah. And that's a big thing. That'll make, Guys, that'll make you leap much forward in your relationship with the Lord is, is you'll know more about who you are and how He sees you. Yeah, and it will it will just it's like it will fill out the the panorama of color that God has been trying to communicate, and where sometimes just the the sort of um, you know just the principles of Scripture they don't quite it's just like okay I know I'm supposed to do it, but I don't quite get it. Whereas this is really language of the heart mm-hmm. that is in Scripture, but it's like it's been a lot of times for men it's a locked away place. The heart itself is a locked away place for most men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure enough. Yeah, so so at Zoe, like like so many other ministries yeah. do, we encourage small groups, or as yeah. we refer to them often, band of brothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we have folks all the time ask us, how do we how do we start a band of brothers? What do we yeah. do when we start a band of brothers? And we encourage them, you know, yeah, pick up a pick up the study. You know, we have a right. study that we do called the Expedition, and there's other great ones out there. Go through Galatians, go through the Book of John. But what I have taken to telling guys to do when when they ask me how to how do I start this small group? What do I talk about? I said, man, just however many guys are in your group. Let's say you've got six guys in your group. Take the first six weeks of your small group time and listen to each man's story. Give each guy an hour and a half uninterrupted with the exception of clarifying questions, things like, okay, so how old are you now, you know, as, as he's sharing a story? And just let a guy tell his story for an hour and a half to, to you know, however many other men there are who are actually paying attention, actually want to know, and actually listening to this guy. Yeah. It's such a rare thing yeah. to be able to share our story that in-depth. Because we've all got one in us, Troy. I mean, we can look around, and, and they're great. Don't hear what I'm not saying, as Greg would say, right? But I, I love the movies. I love the books. And, and God uses those for a purpose. But we all have a story within us, like Maya Angelou was, was talking about. If we don't have that opportunity to tell it, it's agony for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a tool you guys have to help people, because a lot of people don't know where to start. And I'll provide a link in the show, but, but tell us where that, that tool is, that resource is. Yeah, well, one of the things we created on the website not that long ago um, was an opportunity for folks to share their story with us. What's God up to in, in, in your life? What, what, how is, is God working and partnering with Zoe and, and us as a ministry to, to kind of help you? Right. Um, and it's zoe.org, Z-O-W-E-H dot O-R-G forward slash share hyphen your hyphen story so again troy will have that in the in the uh, show description but we we want to hear people's stories because really the the greatest obstacle i have found in my experience in having someone share a story with me yeah is getting them to to believe that it's worth telling mm-hmm. yeah there's such an atmosphere of dis- diminishment over people and they're in such agony. I've asked many, many men to share their story with me, and and numerous uh, of the numbers of those men have, have their response was, "Well, you don't want to hear my story. I don't really have a story worth mm-hmm. telling." 
and it's just heartbreaking to hear that. So we want to hear your story. Yeah, we want to hear. So that. Good. I yeah. agree. Hey, if you like the podcast and you want to show us some love, we're on Instagram at the Kindling Fire. Uh, go follow us there, and I put some cool stuff in the Insta stories, and uh, it would be cool to interact with you there. So just a reminder, follow us on Instagram, and be awesome. So, uh, so let's let's transition to sort of stories that really pull out uh, of you, the 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 sort of where you may be going, what the Lord may be calling you to, and and in in terminology that we like talk about the glory of your life, meaning that why why were you made? What is the effect that God is wanting to bring to the earth through your life? And sometimes stories can just kind of illuminate. You know, it's like, I want to be that hero. Sure. I want to be that guy or that, that lady in that story. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like, it just awakens something in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have any stories like that? Yeah, I mean, there's one that comes to mind that right right off the bat is, uh, one is I, I love my wife very, very much. Okay. And uh, that's one of been just one of the greatest joys of my life is being her husband. Um, and one of the scenes that really catches my heart is in The Last of the Mohicans. And so there's this scene in The Last of the Mohicans where um, Nathaniel and Cora, they're behind a waterfall. Remember this? Mm-hmm. And they're being chased by the uh, Native Americans there. And it's it's also special in my heart because a lot of that was shot in western North Carolina where I'm from. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's neat. But yeah, You can actually go there. I can. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. It's behind that waterfall where this happened. But in the scene, he's like, you know, looks at her and says... You know, do whatever it takes to survive, no matter what occurs. I'll come for you. You know? Yeah. And then he jumps out of the waterfall, you know, and he goes down and, you know, and he's, he's got to do that so he can mission. live to come back and get her and rescue mm-hmm. her. And I get charged up, you know, when I see that. And I get emotional because I want to have what it takes to be able to jump off of a waterfall for my wife. You know, to do a see her be the person that she's designed to be, and for our marriage to be the marriage that it's designed to be. So that that story, as we're talking right now, really pings my heart, Troy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So I, I think it. about um, <clears throat> the the movie that came to mind when he asked me that question was um, um, Hacksaw Ridge. And it's the story of Desmond Doss, who's a conscientious objector in the army during World War II. And um, his desire is not to injure anyone else. His desire is to help people. And so, um, for whatever reason, this is a true story. The U.S. Army agreed to allow him to go into combat without a weapon. That was Desmond Doss's desire, was to go into combat without a weapon. Uh, and so, in that movie, if you've seen it, um, it's, it's pretty rough. It's pretty, you know, um, I think they try to be accurate in terms of their just. Uh, depiction of warfare but there's scenes in there where he is um, there's one in particular at towards the end where he keeps saying just one more you know he's praying to the Holy Spirit to go rescue one more man um, and you know as somebody in ministry it's um, it's almost like a cliche to say that that you know I want to feel that way I want one more man to be set free and know more life more love and more freedom and yeah. to be oriented in this story um, but to be honest with you, Troy, there's days where it's really hard to do that. <laughs> it's it's yeah. pretty exhausting to do that. So um, 
I want to be filled, yes, with that desire to continue to pursue men, um, to honestly con continue to pursue the health and wholeness of my own heart, mm. but more than anything else, to be filled with compassion for others who are wounded yeah. on the battlefield. Because it, it's really easy in, in, our, in our culture, you know, to drive by the car wreck and, and look at the, at the person, because of course everybody's got to slow down and see what happened in a car accident, right? Yeah. And say, wow, I'm glad that wasn't me, or gee, I hope that person's okay, or whatever it might be, and keep driving. Yeah. It, it's harder to actually stop and take the time and put aside time in your schedule and go and, and check on that person and see if they're all right you know, literally or figuratively, right? To right. go and get coffee with a guy, to join a small group, lead a small group, hear a guy's stories, right. hear what they're struggling with. That's really what I'm talking about. Not in this, I mean, I love what he did. He was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor, Desmond Doss, you know, and, and it's amazing that what he did. And it's yeah. inspiring. I was weeping in the theater while yeah. watching it. But realistically, what that looks like for me is, is it's a reminder to be compassionate mm -hmm. to the wounded around me, mm -hmm. yeah. including myself. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. So back to the Lord of the Rings yeah. for me. Um, so the Lord of the Rings, when it culminates at the end, so when Aragorn is, is, is crowned in his rightful king place, yeah. that, that scene to me, calls to me and, and one of the ways it calls to me is that he has been tried and tested and proven true right battle tested and, mm -hmm. and from hiding mm -hmm. from posing from faking it from not being his true self to then stepping into that being tried being tested over and over in difficulties and failing and getting back up and then culminating at this point with his wife at his side mm -hmm. and being able to um, to fully uh, express and have the blessing through him as a king for everything that he's been entrusted it, it it's a little embarrassing to say I love that scene but it's like that's my aspiration Mm -hmm. I want to be that guy yeah. that, that has um, been through it and, and has been rightfully placed wherever I need to be mm -hmm. and with all the breadth and, and, and depth that, that God has put in me for the benefit of others. Mm -hmm. I just, I am the crier in the group. <laughs> today, today. today. <laughs> I mean, man. <laughs> I never, I never cry, man. Never. never. So, Hold on, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> so, um, so you guys, so um, now you guys, I'm so excited for this. You guys have, have kicked off your own podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called Exploring More with uh, Michael Thompson, who's the the founder of, yeah. of Zoe Ministries, uh, and. Yeah, man, we, uh, I think we've released, um, you know, half a dozen episodes or so no, so far, and we're talking about right now, um, we went through our first series through uh, being fathered, you know, as, yeah. as we're around Father's Day. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, we're, what's really fun about it is, um, you know, we, we have done 
uh, a lot of what we've done here today, which yeah. is we've shared stories. I mean, yeah. we share stories on that podcast, and we talk about um, you know things that are are uh, you know pertinent and, and important to to men and and to women both. We're not just a men's ministry in yeah. Zoe. Um, but share our stories in that context as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ladies are going to be the next one oh, that's coming out, good. so we'll get a great opportunity to hear from them. And, Troy, we're excited to have you. Uh, you've been yeah, very gracious to have us and Michael um, and Sherry be on the show, and yep. so we're really excited about having you over to explore more before too long now. So uh, so I called Michael, and um, and this is what I said to him, and I'll, you know, I'm saying this to share it with everybody, is that... This is not the kind of show where you have, you know, hey, you know, dude, how can you deal with the stinky diaper and changing a diaper? You know, boy, that's really tough. And, uh, yeah, it was tough for me, uh, but I, you know, pushed through it. All right, that's featherweight crap. Right. This is for the heavyweights. Sure. When I heard that you guys have adult children, you're trying, you're trying to pass a baton on to how to them to be amazing husbands and and fathers themselves. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is the heavyweight class. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in hearing from a group of men and women in the heavyweight category, right? Mm-hmm. That's the show you need to go check out. Yeah. So thanks I, for that, Troy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's. You can find us at zoe.org slash podcast and, yeah. of course, on all the major yeah. podcasts. Yeah, iTunes, networks. Google Play. Right. You can search for Exploring More or just the word Zoe, Z-O-W-E-H, and find us. Yeah. So any last, uh, any last words? Well, I just I think coming back to the more that we talk about and exploring yeah. more would be a great place to end up tonight, um, being that there really is more. Right. There's more through the stories that we love, whether it's through uh, audio. I think back to my dad and he's passed on now, but he used to tell me about listening to the shows on the radio, you know, and how they would all gather around the radio to do that and how we gather now around to watch a particular show that we love or whatever. And uh, pass that on, pass that love of story on. That's that more that we all desire in God's redemptive story. And you shared before we started that your your sons now are coming to love the Lord of the Rings. They are, yeah. Which is very special. Yeah, so we love watching them together. We're just finishing up the Hobbit movies. Um, with my older son, we've read all the books now together. Wow! Um, and he's a voracious reader, so he's even went on further and read more than I have when it comes to Tolkien. So, it's uh, it is amazing to see what God does through story men, and and I love the story that He's creating through the kindling fire. Yeah, you know, and the the community of listeners, guys, give lots of great comments and love to Troy for yeah. what he's doing yeah. because I know it's making a difference in God's kingdom. Yeah. Again, I, I love the I love the movies, I love the books, I love the TV shows. Don't get me wrong, I love all that stuff. Uh, one of one of my heart's desire is to is to encourage people to listen to each other's stories, even as family members. Yeah. Most of what I know about my father, I learned after he passed away. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and unfortunately, I don't think that's uncommon. Yeah, I think it's fairly common for a lot of guys. So um, I just want to encourage you to to be bold and say, hey. Dad, hey mom, hey sis, whatever, whatever, brother, you know, tell me about that time you were in the Peace Corps or the time you were in, yeah. you know, the Army, whatever it might be, yeah. and hear each other's stories. That's awesome. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Our pleasure. Yeah.
Thank you. If you've been encouraged and inspired by the show and you would like to know what else we've got going on, go to thekindlingfire.com. There you can join the fire starters which is a facebook messenger community i let know first anytime i do anything you can also get a book there called you can certainly do it that i've written to really encourage you to take your first steps to really start the small fire that god's starting in your life Uh, in addition to that you can sign up for the seven day bible devotional become a sign and wonder and as always be awesome